Girlfriends, welcome to the Girl Talk Podcast. I am in the studio today with my friend, Ali Vadis. And if you've been on my social media platform at all, you've seen Allie and she is a mortgage lender, a wonderful friend. And we are actually at Fluid today, sipping on some delicious coffee. Allie, what are you drinking today? I am having a cold brew, so you might hear some ice Ooh. clinking around in here throughout the thing. Do you have any cream or anything in that? <laughs> Just half and half. Just half and half, okay. <laughs> and I've got the Rocket Fuel, which is my all-time favorite. Um, and that's what we're drinking. We are chilling and we just want to chat with you guys today specifically about toxic family members and how to recognize them, setting the boundaries and um, how to overcome them. And so, Allie, I want to let you just open it up with maybe your your past. Like, tell us a little bit about what this has to do with you talking for about sure. toxic family members. So for me, um, I've had I had a wonderful childhood. Parents married, loving. Everything was great. I have an older sister. Um, I looked up to her. She was definitely the rebel. I was the good kid. <laughs> but my childhood is great. My parents always put us first. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. My dad worked hours on end. Yeah. Um, he wanted to provide for us a life he didn't have as a kid. Mm -hmm. So, And he, he did a really good job of that. We went on vacations. If my parents did struggle, they never let us know it, which That's looking awesome. back now, I realize they did. And I never truly knew it because they just wanted to make sure we were kind of guarded from all that. Yeah. Um, my dad was my best friend. I, you know, the joke was Big Al, dad's pal. Still Aww. get called Big Al from time to time today, but <laughs> that's neither here nor there. That's sweet. Um, but no, my childhood was great. You know, my parents were super close, super good. Um, but today things are not the same with my dad. So my mom is still my biggest cheerleader, my best friend, my coach, my everything. Um, it all happened. Shoot. I was probably... I was in college for sure. So at the time I was working for my dad, he worked for a car dealership and I was doing like finance in the car dealership. I was young. I was maybe 20 years old, if that. Um, and I loved it. I loved working with the people. I loved, you know, helping them and just seeing them, people who never thought in their million years they could buy a car, buy a car. Um, it was just fun. It was cool. We had a fun work environment. It was it was good times. But And that's took, so you. Like because now you're a loan officer. <laughs> it's and weird you're helping, how it all comes together. Yeah. Helping people. <laughs> totally unintentional. <laughs> but I love that. Like at the core of Allie, it's caring about people, which I think is so beautiful. Thanks. So I think I get that from my mom. Oh. Even though she's a tough cookie, so you may not know it, but I get it from her. <laughs> I think you could be a tough cookie on the outside too. <laughs> but my dad was always in finance too. Um, he was always in the car business. Um, so I always went to like take your daughter to work day, all that stuff. So I loved being in the dealership, loved being around people. Um, when I was in school, it was crazy because I would drive, you know, from Westville and college all the way to Illinois to this dealership, but I didn't care because I truly did enjoy it. Um, during school, my dad decided that he was going to take ownership of this dealership. Well, that kind of went sideways. Mm -hmm. So it was his like growing up best friend that he decided to go in on this with and the best friend and him decided to go separate ways. So I didn't really think too much of it at the time. I was like, hey, we're going to figure this out. Yeah. Well, it ended up like to where my dad was drinking more than he was going to work. Mm -hmm. So 20 year old me is trying to run this car lot by myself because I felt the need to take responsibility for it because he wasn't. In all of that, he wasn't paying the bills, which we didn't know because my mom wow. was a my mom was a stay at home mom, but her job was truly to take care of us. Yeah. So even as adults, she ended up getting like cleaning houses on the side just to kind of make ends meet. Well, 
but can we say like how much pressure you must have felt under at this point? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I was a full-time college student. I was working full time. I was watching my dad spiral. Like it was, it was a lot, you know. And you love your dad, like I, yeah. You're so your I dad's like, pal, so. Yep. And I knew my mom. Like she was cleaning houses, so she was she was making money, but she could not support the household on that, you know. Sure. And they, and were you thinking like this is just a. A, like a little cycle we'll get through it my dad will get Absolutely. over this right I can yeah. keep it going for this long yep and he had always drank mm-hmm. and it wasn't you know uncommon at all but it got to a point where it was like he completely put work aside and that was his main focus was going to drink and going you know to do that and there were a lot of moments where he would come home and I was absolutely disgusted because I was like now I'm seeing mom upset I'm seeing the house fall apart you know and um when I was shoot 13 I think it was they bought like their dream home. You know, Mm -hmm. we lived on a lake and everything was great. Well, during this time, he took all these bills on from taking over this dealership, but also wasn't working. So, and it's a small dealership. It was not anything crazy, you know? So I did everything I could to try to help. Um, In all of that, it got to a point where, you know, I remember coming home one day and at the time, my now husband, Nick, was living with us. He was working in the community we lived in. He was a security guard. Okay. So he was living with us um, pretty much just because he was there all the time. So it ended up being, he's like, I'm just going to stay here. You yeah. Know? So, um, but he was also in the police academy at the time. So I will never forget one day I came home and my mom was like standing by our dining room table just in tears. And she doesn't cry. Like I don't, and she only cries like during sad movies, right? Not okay. like <laughs> because she's mad or anything. But yeah. She looked at me and she said, Allie, I can't do this anymore. And I, my heart like sank because I was like, what are you talking about? You know, like, obviously I knew what was going on with my dad, but she said like he had been telling her for so long that like, oh, I got it. It's fine. Everything's fine. Those notices are just, you know, I'm doing a loan modification. That's not that we're going to lose the house, nothing like that. But in reality, we were losing the house. Wow. So then it was a tough pill for me to swallow, you know, because it was, I think, what year would that have been? probably like 2014. Okay. So again, I'm still a kid, but yet I'm trying to juggle everything, (laughs) you know? Right. So I went straight to Nick and I was my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband. I was like, Hey, you know, here's what happened today. I think my mom's going to file for divorce. Also, they're going to lose the house. Wow. And he was like, well, you know, I hate to be this way, but we can't live here and all of my police stuff be on the front lawn when someone comes to decide to take our house away one day, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like, you're right. So we immediately like packed everything up and went and lived with his parents. So where's the dealership at at this point? Are you still running that? It was still in Illinois. Okay. So the dealership was still there, but I wouldn't even call it that. Like it was physically there, but like he couldn't afford to bring new cars on. He couldn't afford to like literally do anything. So to have a dealership, you have to have cars. And if you can't get cars and he wasn't paying me, I went without a paycheck for quite some time. Wow. But I had saved up a good chunk like throughout the years. It's weird that it happened that way because I wasn't planning for anything. It just happened to be. And I'll never forget there was a day that like we were at the dealership and he was actually there and he's like, hey, grandma's like air conditioning went out or something in our house. And he was a very like prideful person. Again, they would shield me from everything. Like I would Mm. never know any any issues they were having. But he was like, I'm going to need some money to help grandma fix her air. Which for him to come to me and say that, 
I knew things were bad. Wow. He would have literally sold his shirt on his back before he would come ask me that question, you know? Wow. So that's where like, I felt the weight of the world on my shoulders, you know? And I was like, absolutely. I'll help my grandma. I'm not going to say no to that, you know? Right. And I'll never forget, like we went to a store and I gave him my debit card and was like, here, you know, whatever you need. So all of that happened. And then the, he ended up losing that dealership. To this day, I don't know the full story, mm. but he ended up losing the dealership. He then had an idea. To, and your parents divorced. And at this point, well, you moved in with his family. they were still married for a little bit. Okay. So he then had an idea to open another dealership that he like had all these great ideas. And it was very, I just had faith in him. I was like, you know what? Yeah, it sounds like a great idea. I'm here to support you. I'll do whatever. He was very good at painting a picture that he can make anything work, which if he truly set his mind to it, he could. Yeah. But instead, alcohol kept kind of getting in the way of that. Wow. So I lent him more money to buy some cars to stock this new lot that he wanted. And it's your dad. And it's, it's my friend. dad. Of course, I'm going to do anything for him, you know? So, and again, I'm like, cool, it's an investment. That means if it does take off, awesome. You know, I'm a kid. I don't know what that means, but cool, right. apparently that means something in the right. future. <laughs> so, but again, like the dealership was not coming to fruition because he was never there. I wasn't getting paid. I was trying to help, but nothing was happening. And it was hard. You know, I watched him fall apart. My mom's upset. Um, And in all of that. So eventually one day I got so mad and I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I can't work for free. I have my own bills. I'm watching my savings account dwindle away because I'm living on that. I'm driving all across the universe for school and work. Right. Um, so I reached out to a neighbor and I, I'll never forget. I sent him a text and I said, hypothetically speaking, let's say I know a girl who needs a job and I see that you're hiring. Would you hire her? And he said, come in tomorrow. Let's talk. So wow, I was he knew. like, yeah. And I was like, you know what? I can't wait for somebody else to do this for me. I have to do it for myself. Yeah. And it hurt. Cause I was like, I- I'm going to have to let my dad go. I can't help him and do this too. So I went in the next day. I got and the there's job. a lot of not even just hurt, but pain around that, oh, right? Absolutely. A lot of fear and worry yep. and concern and yep. what's going to happen to him. Yep. And wow. And that's where, like to this day, like I'm so grateful for Nick because he's such a realist that he was able to be like, things aren't going to change. He's like, I know you have hope. I know you want him to be better, but you can't change that. You know, wow. it has to be his decision. He right. has to be the one to wake up. And I was like, you're right, you know, and that's that's when I did that. And I got that job the next day. I literally walked in and he's like, you're hired. Oh, <laughs> you know? wow. So it was a huge relief. Wow. Um, but then Nick and I ended up moving in with his mom and dad to try to figure out what we were going to do, you know, and I'm now starting this new job. Right. I, yeah. I don't know really what my future holds. My mom ended up moving out and moving in with one of her friends and living with her family and just kind of stayed there until we figured out what we were going to do. She was mm. working her tail off, got a, a job cleaning on the side, you know, cause she had never had to support herself before they got married when she was 19. Wow. So, and she had my sister right then and there too. So she's always been like having, she's been taken care of, you know, right. she finally had to open up her eyes and say, all right, you know, what, do, what do I have to do to make things right? And She's been working her tail off ever since. So what is your dad doing at this point? So now obviously you're not working for the dealership anymore. Does he so recognize in all that? Of that it's so hard to even like track because in that he was still living in the house, not paying for it. And it was just like a matter of time before they, they took the house. Wow. So he like 
he would reach out to me constantly and like there were just a lot of lies and like manipulation there. So we ended up kind of slowly but surely like going our separate ways essentially. And he ended up getting in some trouble and it was in a completely different part of the state, Mm. but he blamed Nick for that. And Nick had absolutely nothing to do with it. A, he can't because he's in a completely different part of the state. And so Nick was like, I think I'm done with him. So he completely cut him out. And I'm like, I understand. You know, I don't blame him one bit. Um, And he, I don't even remember like now if he was even working or if he was because he likes to say he has all these different businesses, but they're not real. (laughs) Like, I don't even know. So I don't, I don't remember what he was doing during that time. I want to say he was like buying and selling cars independently, but I I truly don't even remember at this point. Sure. Cause it was all a blur and I was so focused on getting my life together. Surviving. It was literally like survival mode. Like it was insane. Mm -hmm. So, um, I'm trying to think. So we moved in with Nick's parents and, you know, in-laws. Yeah. It can be fun, right? (laughs) Love them to death, but we knew we needed to get our own place. So Nick graduated from the police academy. So he was working a full-time job. I was like doing everything I could to keep myself busy, A, to keep my brain clear and just kind of focus on myself, you know? Mm. So I got really into like working out and fitness so that like if Nick was working, I wasn't at home. I was at the gym, keeping my mind busy. I was still in school. Um, so I eventually graduated college, um, kept that job that I had reached out to the neighbor. Wow. Uh, and then Nick and I started looking at houses. Well, we probably looked at like 50 houses and either got beat out on every offer or oh, whatever, wow. you know. Yeah. And that was back in 2015. So even back then it was like it was a that. crazy market. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, and then finally we went out one night with some of his friends and jokingly his friend was like, my dad should build you guys a house. And we were like, yeah, right. Like, you know, I'm only 22 years old. Nick was 20. No, I was 22. Yeah. Nick was 24 at the time. So we're like, no, we can't build a house. That's yeah, crazy, right. you know. But then we ended up meeting with him, sat down. It was something within our means, which we would have never in a million years thought. So he helped us. We built a house. Um, ended up kind of cutting. I wouldn't say cutting ties because I was still communicating every now and then with my dad, which he's my dad. Right. So right. there will always be that place in my heart that I'm, I'm, not, I'm always going to be hopeful that things will turn around. But um, Nick and I built the house, moved in. My mom moved in with us. So she was there for probably a year ish. Um, she got together with her high school sweetheart. So, and to this day, she's still with him and I love him to death. That's sweet. So, um, but yeah, I mean, even today he'll reach out, but he's still in not in a good place, you know, and it's hard because it's my dad and I want to help him, but I'm always reminded you can't fix somebody, you know, you kind of have to let them fix themselves. You can only do so much. Yeah. And to this day, I'm still, I don't want to say I'm grateful for what's happened to him, but I'm grateful that all of it has pushed me to become who I am today. You know, I was forced to grow up. I had no choice. You know, my parents took care of us. I was living at home till I was 20, you know, so, but if that would have never happened, I don't know where I'd be today, you know, and eventually like I met Chad who I work for now and it's turned into where I'm at now with Fairway. And it's just like, it's just crazy to see that everything, every 
hurdle in your life lead you to where you are today. Yes, that's incredible. I think that's something that people need to remember that are going through a tough time right now. Like you're going through it for a reason. You know, it'll make you stronger for sure. (laughs) You know, yes. Like I to this day, there's times where I'm like, no, mom, we do things this way. Like, (laughs) yeah, I get to be the parent sometimes, love her to death. But it's like she never had to do that, and I was Mm. forced to. Like I had no choice. No one was gonna figure it out for me. Yeah, you know, or Nick. Like we had to, and we did it together. And I think. That's why, you know, this year's our 10th year that we'll be together. And I'm like, that's why, because we've been through literally the worst, you know, right. And we were able to get out of it together. And I'm grateful for him. He could have just been like, wow, this girl's got some family issues. I'm out. Right. (laughs) He was never like that ever. It was more of like, all right, what do we do to make this work? You know? Wow. I love what you said. There's so much here. But the one statement you just made was nobody's going to do it for you. And I think that's the a huge opportunity that you had and you choose to say it that way through all of this. But even people that grow up in the most privileged of homes, if they could understand that no one's going to do it for you, that's where your success comes from. Like that's where your ability to change your life is. You have to take ownership of it. And I love that you, in your mind, maybe you just didn't think it was a choice, but you could have chosen to be a victim. Right. You could have chosen to just sit back and say, well, look at what my dad did. Yep. And like, I share his last name and he's hurting our reputation in this area. And you didn't like, that's what I think is so powerful here is that you chose to be your own warrior in your story and rise up above. And it's powerful. Well, I appreciate that. And I think it drives me bananas when I hear people say like, oh, she's lucky. Oh, they have everything. And it's like, I've worked my tail off, <laughs> you know, right. I've been working since I was 15 years old. And when I hear people who are like, oh, my kid's in college, so they don't have time to work. It's like, I worked a full-time job while being a full-time student, while trying to help my parents, like, keep their life together, you know? Wow. Like, the excuse of time, there's nothing that drives me more nuts than that. It's like, we all have the same number of hours in a day, you we know? We do. And it's like, you are literally capable of whatever you want to put your mind to. You just truly have to do the work. And yes. You know, even I, I'm hard on myself every day. I'm like, I could do more. I know I could do more, you know, and even Nick makes fun of me. He's like, you could calm down. And I'm like, no, I want more. You want to want more for yourself, you know? And uh, I think that's the part that people need to realize, though. If someone's always doing it for you, you're never going to succeed or you're never going to learn. But if you're forced out there on your own, it's hard. Don't get me wrong. Right. But it makes you into who you are, you know? Yeah. And I mean living with your in-laws was not fun. (laughs) And then you get to the point where you build your own house. Like you and Nick get to build a house together and then your mom lives with you. Which I mean, as much as you love your mom, it's still like, but my mom's living with me. You know, you could have looked at that so many different ways. Yep. Um, But at the same time, you lovingly were able to help your mom get on her feet. Right. How did you set the boundaries for your dad? Like I'm sure there's times during that that he would reach out to you or ask for money or, and maybe not, but, but how did you set these boundaries? So, um, it was funny because my sister was always very like forgiving of him. Like I'd be like, Jess, no, like he's, he's manipulating, like, don't fall for it. Don't he's lying, you know, don't, don't, don't. And she never saw it for herself until she went to get married and there was like false promises there. So Mm -hmm. she didn't end up inviting him to her wedding. Um, two years later, Nick and I got married and that was probably one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make in my life was whether or not he could come. Wow. And there's a lot of tension in his side of the family. So it was an easier decision to decide not to invite him. 
Um, it was hard as a yeah. kid. Your dream is that your dad walks you down the aisle, right? Right. So for me, it, it broke my heart. It really did. But hindsight, I don't know what it would have looked like if he was there because of all the tension that would have been around it. You know? Wow. Yeah. So and part of me was like, hey, maybe he'll open his eyes to that. And I feel like to this day, sure, he could have resented me for that, which I, I'm grateful he didn't. He will still try to reach out, you know, but um, that was one boundary that we set. And it was like, you know what? It's my day. I don't want the drama. So unfortunately, he's not getting invited, you mm -hmm. know, and so he didn't. And then there's been multiple times where I'll end up he'll say things that are just off off the rocker basically wow. so I'll just block him because I'm like that's the only way I can force myself to not interact with it or it would get to a point where he would message me and it would ruin my whole day yeah and it's not fair because I've done everything you know right and I, I want to have a good relationship I truly do but it's like I can't have that roller coaster where it ruins my whole day and I take it out on everyone else yeah so it's, it goes in waves, you know, like there was a long period actually this year where he got blocked New Year's Day. We didn't talk for six months. And the only reason we did end up talking is because he showed up mm. at my work, you know, so it, it but you can't block somebody. From that. Yeah, yeah, you can't block somebody from that. But it is it's a challenge and it, it will always be a challenge because, again, he's still my dad. You right. know, and it's it's hard because you want to have faith. You want to have hope in everything that you possibly can. And. We've had many conversations where I'm like, I want you in my life. I really do. But I need you to be a better person. You know, I, I need to surround myself with good people because right. that's just a healthy way to live, <laughs> you know. So I love that you understand yourself and that you were aware of this is mentally messing me up for an entire day. And that's not healthy for me, Allie. And what I also love here, too, is that you have a story. And your dad is part of your story, but you also don't let it be your story together, which I think even sharing the same last name as your dad, like that, there had to be times where it, that had to mean a lot to you. And that really hurt. Yep. But I love that you were able to like, no, I'll rise above that. People will get to know who Allie is. And yes, that is my dad. Yes, he is a part of my story, but he is not my story. And I right. am writing my own story. And that right there is powerful too. It took a long time though, you know, because yeah. I was like worried that people would think differently of me or people would question things. And it's like, I had to be reminded by so many people that exactly what you just said, like people will see you and know you for who you are, not for like where your past was or who's in your family, you know? So how did you get to that point? Did you just hear it so many times or was there I think it was a combination of that and also like that's my reason every day. That's my why, you know, like wow. I, I want people to trust me. I want them to know that I'm a safe zone, that I'm not like that. Like I literally do whatever I can to make sure that I'm the opposite of that. And I get in my own head sometimes because I'm like, am I going to come off like that? You know, I'm like the most sure. ridiculous things. But um, Nick does a really good job roping me back in all the time. And he's like, hey, people don't see you like that. Like, you know, it's it's different. You're getting in your own head. And I'm like, oh, I know I am for sure. <laughs> you know, and it, it's funny because I say it all the time. I'm like, you know, I have the honesty of my mom because my mom is literally the most honest person you'll ever meet in your life. Probably too honest sometimes. She couldn't tell a lie if she wanted yeah, to. Yeah, <laughs> but you can't sell anything if her life depended on it. Whereas my dad was a great salesperson, but maybe not the most honest, you know? So yeah. I feel like I got like the best of her worlds and the best of his, you know? So, right. Oops, sorry. It's what you do with it. 
in how you present yourself in the real world. And it is hard. It's a challenge. And I don't care if that family member is your parent, your grandma, your uncle. If you have the same name as them, people are always like, oh, no, they're going to know the association. But you have to find a way to separate yourself from that Mm. and just realize that good people know that you're not the same as them as long as you can come off that way, you know, Sure. and truly mean it. So what are maybe could you speak to like some indicators, you know, like what did you first start noticing in your dad, like the lies that you speak of? So like if somebody is listening to this and they're wondering, I think maybe this family member is someone I need to cut off, but I don't know for sure. Or I think just, and it's hard because if you, if you met my dad, he's the friendliest, nicest life of the party. Everyone loved him, but he knew how to tell you something you're going to believe in. And I got to a point where I kind of like could think like him and know what his next move was, as weird as that sounds. So once he became so predictable, I was like, something's not right here. Like whether it was, you know, he's going to leave at three, watch three o'clock came around, he left or, Hey, he's not going to come in. He's not here. Where's he at? So I started asking more questions and kind of digging. I was like, Hey, what time are you coming in today? Hey, where are you at? And I could tell he was getting frustrated because I was calling his bluff. And I just asked more and more questions. So start being curious. Ask questions because anyone who's lying or manipulating is going to get caught up in their own words. So as soon as I started asking like multiple questions, because I think that's where my mom was missing the mark. She wasn't asking questions. She just assumed everything was good all the time. Which I don't blame her because that's what she was used to for 24 years, (laughs) you know? So ask questions. And that's what I did. And they might have been ridiculous questions and too many questions, but it got to a point where I was able to piece things together in my own head because his answers weren't making sense. Sure. Or I started looking things up based on what he said. And there's so much information out there yes. that it's very easy to figure out what's a lie, you know? And then so. would you say for yourself, so like maybe you're starting to ask these questions now, okay? And somebody listening to this podcast is thinking that now would you say like start asking questions of yourself, whether you are trying to decide, should I cut this person off or not? Is that when you would say like, question yourself? Like, I would how say, is this hurting me? Where do I draw the line? Right. Is this, if this person messages me today, is it going to make or break my day? If they're going to message you and you know your heart's going to sink, your stomach is going to turn, or it's going to do something not positive to you or your day, that's probably a good indication that you need to kind of pump the brakes. You know, I'm not, it doesn't mean cut them off right away, never talk to them again, but maybe kind of figure out maybe that's a message you don't reply to because it's only going to open a can of worms or Maybe you just put your phone aside and say, hey, I'm going to worry about this later. And that's kind of where it got to a point with me. I ended up like I'd put him on silent. So if I did get a message and I was at work, I didn't want it to ruin my day. I didn't want somebody else to feel that in my gut I was actually really upset, you know. So sure, if I saw his name, my heart would sink, (laughs) you know. Sometimes it wasn't like that. Sometimes it was like, hey, have a good day. Okay, thanks. You know, that's not going to ruin my day. Right. But, you know, it's it's kind of managing what you can manage. So if someone, you know, someone's going to message you and it's going to ruin your day repeatedly or if it gets nasty, then it's probably time to, you know, do something like eliminate them one way or the other. I like how you said that. Put them on silent because then when you are in a mind frame to handle it, you can say, okay, let me go check and see if this person has contacted me recently. And I think too, having a conversation, I know you mentioned that, but like even openly having a conversation to this person before you decide to draw that line and, and kind of cut them off, you know, like, Hey, 
let me ask you some more questions. You know, let me be curious. And then when you realize like, no, this person is toxic, then I need to step away. And never be afraid to talk to the people around you about it. You know, like at work, it became a, a conversation. And in that, like you find out other people are in the same boat you're in, you know, or mm. not just that, but then they may understand why you're in that mood you're in, you know, hey, I came into work today and Allie seemed like she was Superman, didn't want to talk to anybody. But if I go and tell them, hey, here's what happened to me today. Now they know it's nothing they did. It's right. something that's going on in my own life, you know, and I'm a big proponent of leave your problems at the door when you go to work. Yeah. So for me, that was a huge thing. I was like, I don't want to be that person that brings down the whole office vibe because I got one text today that completely ruined my day. Right. You know, it's dramatic, but it's to a point where if you let people in on what's going on, I understand some things are way more sensitive than others. But the second I started like letting people into my life, I felt better because it was off my chest and then they understood me for who I am, you know, right. and there's no problem with that, you know, whether it be your best friend or, you know, a colleague or whatever that looks like, like I would say have somebody that you can talk to about that stuff because keeping it all in is not good. No, at it's all. not good for your yeah. health. It's not no. good for your mental state, anything no. like that. Well, so. and people can help you sort through that too. Like, hey, here's what you could do. You know, maybe they'll tell you something you never thought of, you know, True. for me, Nick would always say things like, well, why don't you just do this? And I'm like, you're so smart. <laughs> Why did <laughs> you know? I not think of that? Why did I do that? <laughs> I like that. So. If you're out there listening, part of the Girl Talk community, I hope you are feeling all the hope through this because that's one thing that I have always felt through Allie's story is like <laughs> her willingness to share and be vulnerable, but also through her story, I've always heard hope. Like there's so much hope and she believes in you. So if Absolutely. you are there and you're just curious, or maybe you're just starting this journey, or maybe this brought some awareness to you. I know Allie would be happy to sit down and meet with you about this. So I'm definitely going to tag her in the post here. Um, but you can find her on Facebook and Instagram. Her accounts are um, public because she's a loan officer and she's amazing <laughs> at it. Um, but look her up, send her a message. And I know she'll sit down and talk with you about it. Any other parting words, Allie, that you want to leave us with? I think that's it. You know, I'm here. Like if anyone needs to talk, I know it was hard for me to figure out how to open up or get some clarity on how to handle things. And it's never easy, but just know like all these struggles will lead you to where you're meant to be. You know, Ooh, it's really hard that. in the moment, but just hang in there. You'll get through it, you know, but keep a keep a clear mind and move forward and everything will come together. Yeah. Move forward. You yep. can choose to get through it. Absolutely. And rise above. And <laughs> and Allie is super successful in her business. Her love for people is evident. <laughs> She's built her second house now, which is absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> and now she helps people find their home, not find them, but buy, helps them buy their house. So it's a wonderful testimony to all she's overcome in her life. So if you're out there, girlfriends, you can overcome it too. We believe in you and we'd love to connect with you. So feel free to reach out. We'll catch you guys next time. Thank you. Hey friends. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Girl Talk podcast, where women encourage women. Come join us also on Instagram and Facebook, where we encourage women to live an intentional, powerful, positive, and spirit-filled life.